0: All right, well, buddy, should we? Uh, I know we're like Would you like, like eight me to play the in, theme song?
1: I would like you to play the
0: theme song, please. All right, um, you know, get use... the right mindset for I today's you. episode. You know, this episode, Jared, is going to be very traumatic. Uh, you know, we are talking about standardized tests. <laughs> I'm sure we'll both have some flashbacks from yeah. those good old days. You were um, lucky enough to avoid the public schools, so you did you have to no, do meeps I... in high school? Uh, I, I, I don't remember if it was MEEP specifically,
1: but I certainly had to do some sort of Michigan standardized test. But I didn't pu- avoid the public high school because every time I had to take – not every time. A lot of times I took these uh, tests were at some sort of um, you know public high school. So I'm just happy – that your your background wasn't like loss or high school gym or something or just like a random classroom at brother right no not brother rice maybe i did do one there too but that's not a public school anyway do you want the song sir yeah yes sir we'll get to this good uh actual standardized test talk later that's right <laughs>
0: So stay tuned and grab your grab your bagels and your orange juice. Grab bagels? Oh, okay. That's what they used to give us in school when we had the, the tests oh, really? those days. Yeah. Oh, I never uh, got that. In the morning, we'd always get a bagel with some cream cheese and a little, little thing of OJ.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot about that. It would be like a Nutri-Grain bar and a bag of pretzels that was supposed to sustain me for six hours. Right. Feels It feels like, it feels like uh, just like
0: a discarded airplane snacks. <laughs> All right, well, hello and welcome to the Untranslatable podcast. We are here today to talk about some of the issues and problems of standardized testing and also grades as well. We'll probably focus more on testing, but I think it's important to discuss grades a little bit as well. Um, We've definitely been having some talks at my work about grades um, and also about testing as well. And uh, one thing I realized after having a conversation with a lot of my students in China is um, it just dawned on me how many standardized tests they have as well. Um, so I thought it would be a fun episode today to talk about, uh, you know, why do we even do standardized tests still? What's the point? And what are some potential alternatives as well to standardized tests? Because I do work in the field of education, so I feel like I would not be doing my full duty to you, dear listeners at the Untranslatable Podcast, by not uh, trying to give some suggestions as well. Um, So, without further ado, I'm looking forward to today's episode and also being joined by my partner in crime and my good buddy. What's going on, Jared? What's up, player?
1: How's it going? How's it going? What's up, players? Um, <laughs> Chad I hope you're um, enjoying your white boy summer I guess it's not summer yet Getting prepared for your white boy summer Maybe some new, some new fits Maybe updating the hairstyle I don't know if you already have I don't mean to be rude uh, are you familiar? By the way offended. are you familiar with white boy summer? I was
0: going to ask you Yeah, What the hell is white boy summer? <laughs> what, what is that? Oh, I mean, wait uh, wait can, I, can I tell you what I think it might be? What comes sure. to my mind as a, well, let me just as start a by saying, boy someone has originated it so guess also okay. who would originate the idea of white boy summer white boy summer i feel like this i could see somebody like post malone
1: making you this know, a thing i think the person that that uh that did originate the idea of white boy summer would would, would like that he, he would appreciate that it was uh it was chet hanks are you familiar with chet is. hanks chet hanks is tom hanks's son He's popular on social oh, media. Oh, I've seen for, him. I, he's, um, he's
0: been on a couple shows too, hasn't he? Pro, yeah,
1: he act, he's acted a little bit. He's popular on social media for his um, his he does a uh, a um like a patois Jamaican accent. Uh, that's some people find amusing. Some people might find offensive because, as I said, he's Tom Hanks' son. But he also. Um, has originated the idea of the white boy summer and he's saying you know not some trump shit is what he said here i can just play it for you why not who cares it's right here
0: hey guys um look i just wanted to tap in really quick i just got this feeling man um that this summer is uh, it's about to be a white boy summer you know take it how you want i'm not talking about like trump uh you know nascar type way right? i'm talking about you <laughs> that's know, what i was thinking you know me um john B. Jack Harlow type white boy summer. You know?
1: Do you know who John B and Jack Harlow no. are? This I don't is know so who funny. either of those people. John are. B is R and B singer. Jack B is a or Jack Harlow is like a rap a rapper.
0: Are they both uh, white? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's just—it's so funny. You know nothing about what what's happening on social media, and Uh, and
0: in my own culture, Jared, I'm so out of touch (laughs) in my own culture. Yeah, you you should be up to date on the white boy summer. You didn't get an email about it. Do do, do I lose my white card? Is that is that what happens now? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i might have to get rid of this Was drop player? You, you really i <laughs> you
1: you're not even you haven't even earned it
0: <laughs> that's so weird the white boy summer when i hear that i what i think of is i think of some trump shit i think of mm. like i NASS think of, car. And, th- and i'll be honest <laughs> sheriff, if i had a pickup truck i would 100 percent do this i think of putting a tarp in your damn truck bed filling that with water from your garden hose Does that actually and work chilling with your homies yeah of course it works okay of course it works all right all right um but yeah, um, yeah, no, none of that.
1: I think Post Malone fits into Chet Hanks' idea of a white boy summer,
0: which is just what white boys doing black shit. You know, you know, maybe a year
1: or two ago, Meg The Stallion had Hot Girl Summer. So is so it just when these Chet people Hanks get really popular? It's white boy. It's the it's the summer of the white boys. You know, okay. It used to be the summer of the hot girls. Now it's the summer of the white boys. You know, it's so funny. He actually put out. Um, some uh here let me see if i can find it he put out some um some merch that people kind of have some problems with
0: i'm sure it said probably
1: white boy summer and people are pissed but they're not pissed that it says white boy summer or they're pissed pissed about here let me send you the link he has a whole website uh, for for (laughs) his white white boy summer white boy so i did not expect to talk this much about it i literally just meant to say i hope you're enjoying your white boy summer and move on oops sorry that was my scent sound
0: do I need um, to uh, do I need to get this uh, wrapped on the back of my van? <laughs> Careful, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on where
1: you plan on going.
0: That, that's a good point. They have like short shorts for the ladies, women's biker shorts that say "White Boy Summer" on them. So, do you, do,
1: can you imagine what the what the uproar would be about the White Boy Summer gear?
0: Well, it doesn't. That isn't that font kind of um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's the right how how would i describe that font? that's Joe? the
1: racist font that's the white supremacist font is that yep. what, that's how you're tra- <laughs> yeah yep yeah so everyone's saying like you chose the the go-to like because that's like the like the three percenter font or like the proud boy font <laughs> it's like you chose you chose the racist font right <laughs> so yeah. oh man yeah so you know that's it's just, just making so sure funny you're why get prepared why? for just white boy summer this could be your summer you know you got the van that's you're true. outfitting it you know, what What sort of Ooh. outfitments have, are you putting in this yes. van to prepare Let me, for,
0: for a white boy summer? Let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. I, I told you I didn't have that many updates, but I guess I have more than I realized. So finally got my the floor in the van. That was what? a whole ass ordeal, though, Jared. So, so I went, what
1: is what do you mean by the floor? Because if I'm not mistaken, most vans come with a floor. The,
0: Uh, yes. Unless you buy one that's so rusted out (laughs) that there is no floor. Um, so what, what I needed to do was when I, when I tossed the bed in the back of the van, um, because of the little drop where your feet would go, if you Mm. sat where you usually sit in the back, um, it's not level. So you need a uh, flat surface. Exactly. Exactly. So what ended up happening was earlier this week I went to uh, first tried to go to Lowe's and got like this very high pressure like laminate wood board. It's a little bit different than plywood. Um, it's a little bit smoother. Uh, it's it's three and a quarter inches thick, so it's fairly thick wood, and it's it's not light. I mean, it's it's definitely um, a, a little bit cumbersome to move around. Um, but anyway, so uh, this was the ordeal though, Jared. So and and now I know. I need to call places first before I go because what happened was I went into Lowe's, went into the lumber section, found the four by eight piece of wood I needed, um, struggled to load it up on a cart. Then <laughs> thankfully, a dude at Lowe's, uh, a guy that worked there, saw me struggling, and he was like, "Here, let me help you." So he helped me, and I I'm go, "So that seems like
1: it would be hilarious to watch."
0: I mean, well, I felt like an idiot, so I'm sure it was hilarious to watch. Um, but anyways, so uh, then I asked the guy, I said, "Where can I go to get this this cut? Because you know, most most hardware stores will have a uh, saw, and you can just get it cut to a d- the dimensions you need. And so he goes, "Oh, oh, no cutting today. The saw is broken." And I'm like, Ugh. "I'm like, all right, mm. well, I'm gonna need your help to unload this and put this back." Then <laughs> that's like so- when you go to McDonald's and the ice cream
1: machine is broken. Yep. It's always broken. Yep. How and convenient. So, right. And
0: so then I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see what other you know hardware stores are nearby that you know I can call. And hopefully they'll have the wooden stock and they'll cut it. So I called the other Lowe's that was in Ypsilanti. Uh, so it was about a 25-minute drive from where I was. Called them. They had the wooden stock. And then, thank God, I asked them first. I said, um, do you have someone in to cut the wood? And they're like, no, sorry, uh, our saw is actually broken. So two Lowe's on the same day had a busted saw. So then I'm like, all right, well, let's try Home Depot. So I called uh, Home Depot. You hear uh, that, Lowe's?
1: What? Sorry, I said, you hear that? Lowe's?
0: That's right, Lowe's. <laughs> lost my business. Um, so I called Home Depot on the first one. That I told the guy the specific uh, measurements. It was 75 inches long, 46 inches wide. And he said, yeah, we can't cut that. And I'm like, well, wh- what do you mean? And he's like, we can only cut 48 inches. And I'm like, well, that literally will not fit in my van. Like it, It's going to be too wide, and it won't be able to fit on the floor. They can um, only cut very specific sizes? Apparently, this... I guess they must have had an older saw, and certain saws, they have certain dimensions, have I like guess. They
1: pre, preset spots, you right. can put it. I Jesus guess they Christ. need to
0: go by um, um, increments of 12, 12 inches. Okay. So that's why it was. they had to go with 48, and so, which I'm like, okay, but why can't you just cut an inch off of each side after you cut it at 48? <laughs> but anyways, um, I wasn't going to argue with the guy. So I called, finally, I called another Home Depot in Brighton. And I called them. And then finally, they're like, yeah, we have it in stock. And I told them the dimensions. And they're like, oh, yeah, we can cut that. No problem. So, so I ended up right. driving half an hour to Brighton. Finally got it. And the nice thing is, Jared, I have enough extra wood from the floor that I'm going to use that to make a table. So did you just, you, did you just put it, you bought it? Mm-hmm. And then you just wheeled it out
1: to your car and just laid it down on the floor? Yep. There?
0: Yep. And then. Uh, is there any wood- way you have to lock it down? So, well, so what I'm going to do um, first, I'm going to try this first, is uh, I need to put legs on it just because there is that area from where the, the kind of foot space drops, right, Damn. where I have to put legs, which is fine. I have two by fours. I've, uh, they've been measured, cut, all good to go. I just need to you know attach them, screw them on. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to put some carpet liner underneath the wood so it just won't slide as much. I'm hoping that with the legs being down like that, and then with stuff on top of it, it just won't move. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You could also like
1: stuff like rubber or some some sort of like squishy material in. Like if if it does slide around, like in in the side of it.
0: Well, I was driving so it around locks it in. when I was driving around, I hit the brakes <clears throat> hard a couple times just to see, and it didn't move one bit.
1: Mm, okay. And that well, and that was when I didn't
0: have anything on it either. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I'm hoping just having those legs on the ground will help stabilize it a bit. Um, plus having the carpet, um, like the carpet, um, material underneath it. Um, that's like kind of sticky, um, that should help it as well. Um, and then then yeah, we'll have to see. But anyways, you ask though what how, how I'm gonna you know, prepare pimp for your out white boy my... summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate that term by the way. That's so ridiculous. But but anyways, Jared, uh, you asked, so let me answer. So for my white boy summer, I am uh, what I'm going to do is I'm ordering a uh, tapestry to put on the ceiling. I'm going to cut it in uh, thirds because I still want the lights. I do have a center light and a light towards the uh, where the back doors are. So I mm-hmm. want to have those lights stay visible. And then after I attach the tapestry, I'm going to attach that to the ceiling just with double-sided tape. I initially thought of like maybe stapling it or or even like using some thumbtacks, but I figured you know what a, a tapestry is not heavy. Double-sided tape will work fine. And then what I'm going to do as well is then I've bought six LED rechargeable, like USB rechargeable lights that you can, uh, they come with a remote and you can just push the top of the light um, Mm -hmm. to turn it on. So I'm going to put those in the back. I already have my shower curtain divider up. So, you know, when I'm sleeping, you can't see from out front. I do need to still get my window cover. So that's on the list. But anyways, no, This is so, going to
1: be a white boy summer, all right. This that's is coming right.
0: along. And, and your spring break is, what, two weeks away, isn't it? No, spring break has come and gone. Um, spring break is long gone. Oh, you passed it? Yeah. You, yeah, didn't, we it, you didn't go to Traverse City? I, I didn't have everything ready in time. When was spring break? What the, March. What the hell? In March. Oh, yeah. what?
1: I can't <laughs> you just yeah. You just thought you'd slide, slide by. We'd never mention that you didn't go to Traverse City?
0: Well, that's because the van wasn't ready. I'm still going to go, okay. um, and I have two wineries that I'm uh, going to go check out while I'm there, and at least, uh, well, probably not check out, but just get a couple bottles of wine because I. You're I've not going to go on before.
1: a tour. You've never been on a wine tour before. I have.
0: Actually, oh, okay. that was what I was doing the last time I was in. Trevor I can't City. believe
1: I thought we were all. Pre- I thought this was all in preparation for spring break. I didn't even realize spring that was break my I'd hope. Come but I just
0: didn't have, didn't get everything in time. Okay. um plus i didn't all get right. the van serviced in time and all that good stuff but listen i'm uh, not
1: mad i'm just disappointed that's all i'm saying well
0: jared you know i'm just saving it for my white boy summer <laughs> you know that's the that's the that's plan true so, you don't want
1: to blow your load to uh, bad choice
0: of words i was about but, to say uh, well there <laughs> whoa there jared this is a kid-friendly podcast or a family-friendly podcast i should say but um but anyways the tapestry though jared it's pretty cool it's actually yeah, this it's not um, kid-friendly
1: don't say that right uh, no <laughs> no it's family-friendly um but
0: the tapestry is pretty sweet dude it 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 looks like like if you were laying down in the woods and looking up and you see the moon and then a bunch of trees. Mm. Um, And so I think that'll look cool um, up there with the LED lights. Um, And then, oh, the other thing I have set up, I have a, a magnetic towel rack. So I can, like, hang stuff. I have a couple other magnetic hangers in different spots. So, like, uh, once I start traveling, I can easily put, like, my my toiletry so, bag up there, towels, oh, shirts, what have you.
1: My, my curiosity is because I, I see how this is going. What, mm. what, what is considered finished? I feel like you could be outfitting this thing for the next six years and be like, I'm not done I t- yet. I, I will haven't tell you exactly what anywhere. finished <laughs> is.
0: Finished? Uh, so, well, here, here was kind of my checklist, Jared. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the first things, which probably isn't the most practical, but it's very important, is get, getting a working radio. Because when I bought I'd the vehicle, there wasn't practical. a radio. So, um, so got the radio, so we can check that off the list. Um, get get the floor level. That's kind of step number two. That's almost done. Um, already have you know put together the bed frame, made sure the bed fits in there, and everything like that. Um, put up the shower curtain. So really, the last steps are getting the uh, window covers, um, especially like for to, you know, um, with Reflectic. So if it's really hot out, I can put that up and it will reflect the heat away and keep it cool inside. And then in the winter, I can flip those window covers inside mm. out and then it will have um, genius. Uh, and then it will bring the heat in and keep the heat inside the van. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I'm good to go. I'm, I'm ready. I'm going
1: to say you're, you're just about done. It seems like the final stuff is pretty easy. Right, and then the rest of it is just
0: figuring out the other nice amenities I would like. Like, I have a cooler I ordered that is just the perfect size where it will fit right next to my bed so I can grab some snacks while I'm too lazy to get up out of bed. That's always a plus. Also, though, Jared, that uh, cooler will double as uh, a seat if you want to, you know, sit. Um, Mm -hmm. So that will work. And that cooler, it was hard to find a cooler that would work because... Um, because I'm because this is not a a standard cargo van, you know it's not as big or as long or as wide as a cargo van. So what that means is uh, most coolers tend to be wider than they are tall. Right. Mm. So it was really hard to find the right cooler. I wanted one that was honestly taller than it was wide and I knew the exact dimensions I needed. So finally I found an igloo cooler. Um, nothing Shout fancy, out. right? Nothing fancy. It was twenty five bucks. But I'm trying to build this thing cheap. Um, and I'm trying to make this kind of a quote unquote no build conversion, which basically means, you know, I'm mm. not mounting anything. I mean, yes, That's I'm screwing some it legs in the, in the in woods. The industry. Yeah, that's what they call it is a no build where, you know, I'm not building cabinets. I'm not, you know, doing anything. F- I mean, I'm not a, a super handy builder type person. Um, so I figure why not try to just do this without, you know, having to sure. build a bunch of wood stuff. And uh, yeah, so but I'm excited. It's uh, it's coming along. And hopefully in a couple weeks, Jared, I'll be off uh, to Traverse City okay starting I'm to enjoy excited. my white boy summer <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah no that's... who are those who are those artists well, again so player? i can play them while i'm uh, driving down the road oh uh john b and jack harlow i've never heard of either of them i'll have to check them they're out. They're, they're,
1: they're 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 pretty different i think john b is, is like he's like from like the early 2000s 90s mostly and jack harlow is like a current current uh you know current kid
0: can we give Post Malone TikTok, an honorary so. mention as well? I think <laughs> for, Post for Malone, that
1: category, <laughs> I think Post Malone falls into that Jack Harlow category. I would say so, so. So I think I think that you don't even know who Jack Harlow is, but I appreciate your uh, that's well. Very, you explained who he no, was. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. No. Sorry so, for listening to you, Jared. So that's true. I <laughs> usually don't listen, so I'm just not used to that sort of interaction. <laughs> I'm actually surprised, you know, you have this section where it's like, if you search for Jack Hartlow, oh, no, Post Malone's on that list. So there you go. There we go. Also, a little Skis. There's another white dude you can add to your white boy. Never, heard of, he looks never like, heard of them, but okay. I haven't either, but he looks like, oh, jeez. I, I don't know. He looks Speaking like,
0: of Post Malone, though, Jared, <laughs> by the way, uh, we forgot to yeah. mention, you know, uh, a couple of days ago, it was April Fool's, April 1st. Oh, my and God. And I saw on Instagram... Uh, and and at first I was excited. I saw this video, uh, Post Malone post or Matthew McConaughey posted a video on YouTube a couple of weeks ago of Post Malone doing a couple country songs. And it actually sounded pretty good. And then someone posted on Instagram, "Hey, have you heard? Post Malone is teaming up with Dwight Yoakam, who's a really prominent like country bluegrass artist. He's teaming up with Dwight Yoakam's band, and they're going to record a country album. And honestly, that wouldn't really surprise me. Like." post malone likes country music he's from texas or at mm-hmm. least he grew up in texas but i read it and then and then i kept reading the caption it was like april fools and i'm like damn that might be yeah. a really cool I album had, yeah that's not even like a good <laughs> joke
1: because it's like oh, that sounds like a great collaboration <laughs> right exactly exactly <laughs> I, i'm so sick of april fools dude i am so sick of it all, all of the i mean it's just all of the the quote-unquote jokes are so dumb and i don't know i mean you heard about volkswagen right they really no. screwed themselves. No, what happened? They put out a uh there were they uh, a An post April Fool's tweet leaked. But it was like a few days. it was like the 29th or 30th or something. It wasn't even on April 1st saying um you know it it, it came, you know it leaked out quote unquote mm-hmm. that uh, they were changing their name to Volts, V O L T S Wagon. Uh-huh. Um Volkswagen. Because, because um because uh, you know, they're trying, you know, to signal to their election. Exactly. Right. Um That's and, hilarious. You know, obviously people freaked out <laughs> and no one knew if they were serious or lying or not, because it wasn't April first, first of all. Right. <laughs> and uh and then so first it came out that they were lying, then it came uh, no, first everyone thought that they were it was just a bad joke, then it then uh it came out that it was true, but then it found out that it was just a joke at the end of the day. That's but now funny. um I think the SEC is investigating them because I, I think there, there's some, you know, there's some rules around, around like making big announcements like this because you know it, it affects the stock, the uh, like right. the stock the stock prices. But you know I don't know if anything will come of it. But it definitely was like that's so this, funny. was this a bad joke. This is a bad joke.
0: Speaking <laughs> of bad jokes, and this wasn't even a joke, Jared. This is this is kind of a funny funny quick little story I'll, I'll tell you and our listeners. Um, so on April, well, it wasn't April Fool's for us. It was March 31st. Um, I got a text message from one of my students in China who is a student monitor. And for those of you who don't know, uh, basically student monitor is the one who is kind of the, they're kind of like the teacher's assistant of the class, I guess, um, per se. Like they're the ones who are kind of the top of the class. Um, I, when I say top of the class, I don't mean like grade wise, but they're just like, they're the... They're kind of the responsible person. If, um, like, for example, if I need attendance, I can ask the student monitors. If I need them to relay a message, they will. Um, I'm sure they do other stuff. You know that they're, you know, their Chinese teachers probably have them do that. I have no idea about. Um, but anyways, my point here is, I got a message from my student saying, um, you know, hey, we're actually getting our, our Sinovac COVID vaccines uh, the same time as class. Can we join? The other class on friday and so i told that student sure no problem um you know generally i would prefer if they didn't do that because um then there are so many students in the live lesson that it's hard to talk to everybody but still you know you you have to do you know gotta do what you gotta do so anyways so um because i didn't have because i thought class was canceled i'm sitting there i had dinner a little bit later than usual and i'm sitting there and i'm like you know what I'll at least send my students a message just, you know, saying, you know, just so you know, if, if your student monitor didn't tell you class is canceled, I'll see you all on Friday. So I send this message and then um, I leave my phone upstairs because I've been trying to just use my phone less and less. Um, and then I come back to my phone, Jared, with 30 missed messages on that's my phone never good. And yep and i'm like and and the funny thing is on wechat and we've talked about this on our wechat episode so check that one out if you uh don't know what i'm about to say here but wechat has stickers which are kind of like i mean it's kind of like a picture or a meme or a gif um or a GIF if you're a weirdo and that's how you say it um, um <laughs> but basically uh you can like send pictures and images right um and the funny thing is is I, I got all these random stickers on there. Like like what, huh? Like all the like a confused bunny rabbit was one of the stickers I saw. <laughs> and then my students were like, oh very funny teacher, like happy April Fools. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm serious, class is canceled. And then it turns out, Jared, that uh, there was a communication breakdown and only half of my class. Was getting their COVID vaccines, so mm. so it was this whole entire hot mess that my it, which was kind of funny because my students thought it was a joke, an April Fool's so, joke, but it wasn't.
1: They 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 celebrate April F- or celebrate, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> they they partake in April Fools in China. No, but I think they just they they've heard about it before, uh, so they thought you, the American, right, were, were putting one out, over them uh, on them.
0: Right. Yeah, pulling a little prank Jeez. on them. But yeah, See, so this that is was what's just so funny.
1: People don't even know what to believe anymore. Nothing's right. real anymore.
0: Right? I was I will tell you though, dude, I felt so kind of frustrated and embarrassed cuz I was like, well, if I would have known half the class still could attend class, I wouldn't have canceled. Mm-hmm. I would have just But what happened was it was actually the class monitor for one of the classes I mean, he just kind of confused the terms. Um, So anyways, it was just kind of funny how that was not an April Fool's joke, but my students thought it was. (laughs) I thought that was great.
1: And I I think that proves my point. April Fool's is useless and not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of people definitely don't like pranks. All right, Um, dude. So yeah.
1: Get some untranslatables. Let's
0: do it. I think you know what time it is. Yeah. It is that time. The owl hoots. For, tr- uh,
1: for untranslatables.
0: That's that's right. And untranslatables are idioms, proverbs, sayings, axioms that don't always translate on a one-to-one basis into English. But we are here to uh, decipher them and figure them out for you. And I will get us started today, Jared, with a Spanish untranslatable, tener mala leche.
1: Something about milk. Mm-hmm
0: mal you know what mal is in spanish bad something Uh about
1: tasting bad milk or something
0: having bad milk yes Tener. uh oh tener, i see Uh i think he said with an m for some reason sorry tener mala leche to have bad milk
1: yeah i could have gotten that one if i really put my mind to it um uh, to have bad milk because i like to have bad opinions yeah kind of you're getting there wrong opinions what would
0: what might you call someone that has really really bad opinions and maybe they even act on some of those bad opinions or ideas
1: toxic uh problematic yeah
0: okay and what do we have do we have an, an untranslatable in english jared we might say we would call someone we would say that person is a bad bad egg bad egg or i was looking for bad apple but bad Uh, egg also works they
1: say bad apple i guess they do Mm -hmm. yeah uh and so in to have bad milk is just to have to be bad to be a bad apple mm, i see Mm -hmm. okay that person has some bad milk yep i got you my um first untranslatable is hausa which is spoken in uh niger nigeria Uh, by the way or chad ghana Cameroon. did you hear about this politician uh so they just uh or not politician a news commentator person they just uh legalized recreational weed in in New York and politician was talking about or this politician this news guy on I think Newsmax was talking about how it how bad it was he said he smoked weed once uh when he was a lot younger as a kid or something and he woke up 3 days later in Nairobi and- <laughs> what <laughs> Well, where did that guy get that stuff Dear yeah Lord. like I don't know I don't know you, either you had some great stuff or that probably wasn't weed that was your problem right. anyway I just thought that was funny uh, that's, that's hilarious uh, <laughs> it's like I
0: love the self-owns too that's a story to tell somebody <laughs> hey yeah so I smoked this and woke up three days later in a different it's country like, first of all I need
1: more information did you have your passport like how did you are those people still your friends where right. were they how did you get back like that's a that's did you still weird. have all
0: your stuff on you yeah did you just Wake up like, where Where did you wake up? Also, Were your shoes still on? <laughs> did you have any drawings on your face? <laughs> yeah, wake
1: up in Nairobi with a dick on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, so, my first hausa untranslatable is Ba Domin Tswa O Akanga Wataba. You don't see the
0: moon because of your height. So, it's when this is when you're. Um, it's like when your your beliefs or your perceptions limit you in doing something or they hold you back, is my guess.
1: I would say you're close, and that makes sense, but not quite. It's okay. uh,
0: Not close enough to have that white boy summer just yet, am I? Uh, <laughs> that's actually very See right. See what you because did, Jared? <laughs> what, you know, you have to be able to
1: be right and just keep moving like you're uh, – be wrong, excuse me, and keep moving like you're right, right, right for the proper white boy summer. Sorry, that was kind of a tongue twister. Uh you just have to have that confidence like no, I'm right. F it. You know, this is white boy summer what I say goes. Uh it's not I'll just give it to you. It's not by your power uh it's sorry. It's out uh, of your you control. You haven't done anything especially special. Anyone can do what you did. Oh, I see. Okay, mm-hmm. I see. All so right. So you, you don't see the moon because of your height, m- meaning it's like you're not, you're not so, you're not taller than us. Like you're not being, you're not able to see the moon because you're s- taller than us, which makes you somehow better than us. Right. Uh, we can all see it. You know, you're not doing anything special by seeing it, essentially, is what okay. they're saying.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. This one, um, this one, Jared, is an interesting one. It's also Spanish. Uh, ser la media naranja. Can you say? That?
1: Hold on, say that again. Ser uh-huh.
0: la media naranja.
1: Media is that like media?
0: Um, uh, I think it means half or middle. Oh geez. All right, just give me the. let uh, give to me the to be intro. the half orange. To be the half
1: orange. To be the half orange. To be like, like the I would say, in Jared. If
0: we're being uh, no, no, I would say it's kind of the opposite of that. I would say out of mm. the two of us, Jared, you are definitely the half orange of the podcast.
1: I'm giving you a compliment that, here. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm so confused. Um,
0: I, I don't, dude. I, I don't know or, the leader. People, people who are uh, uh, who are still in relationships might say this about their significant other. This person is the. This person is my half orange. I don't know like if you can they're, say they're, it like they're, that. They're like keep
1: keeping it going.
0: No. What, what do we say? You know, people will say I married my my other half close you're getting really warm
1: significant other
0: you're getting further away
1: my uh, my uh, my better half i see there we go there we go exactly this I means see. to be the better half the half but that doesn't even make any sense to i don't understand half orange but there's two halves that are equal you know well, i don't
0: <laughs> but see maybe if you're the half orange the other half has already been eaten Oh, um, oh, So I see. that's the half that remains. The remaining half is the better half. You're saving the best for later. I don't know. I have no idea where the origin
1: of that one comes My from. My final untranslatable is Sicilian, and mm-hmm. it's aqua in boca. You should probably know what that means. Water in the mouth? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: water in the mouth. And this is Sicilian, you said. Yeah. Hey, keep the, keep, keep the water in your mouth. Oh, keep quiet. Yeah, there don't, you go. Keep quiet. Don't be telling secrets. Mm-hmm. If don't you open be telling your mouth, secrets. the
1: water comes out.
0: That's yeah, okay. Keep that, the, the water in your mouth. By keeping your sense. mouth closed. That makes sense. Capiche. Okay. <laughs> okay, cap, <laughs> capiche? Okay, let me see if I can find I had a You I don't
1: know, we know it? we are 40 minutes in. We could just move on. You don't have to find another one.
0: All right, let's let's just move on then, Jared. And let's talk about standardized testing. and 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 all of the great and terrible things that go along with it. So um standardized testing is, uh, at least in the U.S., a lot of times we use standardized testing um, in, I know, middle schools, high schools. Definitely a lot of colleges still require it as you know either an ACT or an SAT as kind of an entrance requirement. In graduate school, we also had the GRE, which if you uh, decide to do an MBA at some point, Jared, you'll probably have to take that, um, Fuck. which is not fun. Um, but there's
1: also like the the LSAT, yep. the um what's the and doctor that's for one? law?
0: Um there's I some saw.
1: doctor one too.
0: Right. The, is that the MCAT? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I think that's it. there's a whole yeah. bunch. Of, I'm sure all there's the other don't know.
0: all the acronyms all of the
1: acronyms basically. <laughs> and there's supposed to be a a a way to equally assess the uh sort of the i don't want to say intelligence but your aptitude i -hmm. should say in various uh in various uh uh, arenas and it's considered to be like this is the same test that everyone has to take so we're we're grading everyone on the same scale and we're able to accurately compare everyone equally because you know obviously schools vary and, and stuff like that
0: right And the the crazy thing, and I will say this. Now, standardized tests, to some degree, it does make sense, right? I mean, in the U.S., we are a gigantic country. Um, We have a pretty large population. Um, I can tell you for sure, in China, these standardized tests, in a lot of ways, do make sense um, because it's a way to, you know, assess a lot of people on with similar parameters, or well, technically it should be you know the "quote unquote" same parameters, right? Mm-hmm. However, the thing that standardized tests really lack is, I, I truly believe that standardized tests are it. It's more of a test of your skills as a test taker and not actually the knowledge that you have. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the
1: process, for sure, because the process to take the test, at least in most of my experience has been this is a specific either either it's done at the school that I go to and it's a specific day where we don't have any class that day and we spend most of the school day not the whole school day most of the school day taking this test or I've I or I sign up to take the test just on my own mm-hmm. and then I go to some you know local public school or something like that or test taking center like I've got behind me Is that what that is? I don't think I've ever been to a test-taking center. I think every time I've done it, because mine's just been like, you know, ACT, SAT stuff, or like the Michigan ones. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's either been at my school or I've gone to some local public school. And you either sit in like the cafeteria or the gym or just some random classroom or something like that. And then you sit there for, I don't know, what is it, four hours, five hours? Three, four hours,
0: hours, five, depending on the test, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you take take this test. I think the
0: LSATs, it's like a two-day thing. If
1: I remember correctly, probably, probably. I mean, I, I'd imagine the LSAT's probably longer and more difficult than the SAT and ACT. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, you you show up and you have to sit in the same spot for unless you have like a sp- specific bathroom break, and uh, a- and really, a- as you said, it really does highlight good and bad test takers. I'll tell you this: mm-hmm. I have the attention span of a damn goldfish. I really struggle. <laughs> I struggle to read like large menus because I just I can't start and I just hop around to, to like I'll start in the dessert read two desserts hop over to the appetizers read an appetizer read a mate like that's how I will read those things and uh, I just have terrible I'm terrible attention like I always got three different forms of media going at once I'm right. watching TV while I'm playing a video game anyway so the idea of just sitting down for hours on end and staring and reading these questions from this giant booklet and just mm-hmm. going or, in order one by one. Filling in bubbles, filling one, in
0: bubbles, filling in bubbles. Is my
1: personal hell. Like, I yeah. can't... <laughs> I, it is literally my personal hell just sitting there. Oh, my God. I, I feel like I am a... I don't I don't. I don't want to call myself a bad test taker because I don't know even know if it's that. I feel like it's just... I my my struggle to stay focused for hours on end, you know. Right. I don't I don't feel like I'm a bad test taker if it's if it's like a sort of a normal like classroom test, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like specifically, I just like I can't I don't have the my, my attention span. Starts to fail me probably about after an hour, and that's just when you're really just start getting started on these standardized tests. <laughs> right. Do you think you're a good or bad test taker? Oh, I'm mean, a terrible test taker. You terrible. So, as a teacher, you d- you certainly agree with that uh, the idea of of bad and and good test
0: takers. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, I have okay. some friends. I don't know if who, it was a myth or if teachers roll their eyes at that or something. No, I, it's not a myth. I mean. It's well. I mean, think about it this way, Jared. We all have strengths and weaknesses, and some people are just going to be um, better, you know, better either thinkers or strategizers when it comes to taking a test. Mm-hmm. Um, other people. Now, it depends on the type of test I'm taking, though, as well, because I tend to do pretty well on reading type of tests and stuff like that. Um, essay, no problem. But once once you make me do some science or some math, it starts to go out the window a little bit how do you get it how do you how do you feel about the
1: well specifically when we're talking about the standardized test the process of the filling out the bubbles how does where does that fall oh, into oh it's terrible
0: it's just so monotonous and yeah. mind numbing and and also too i remember one year when i was in either middle school i think i was in middle school um, i accidentally skipped a question Um, meaning all my bubbles were one off.
1: Oh no! So
0: that was a so I was like frantically trying to erase it, you know, before. See, and that 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 people would like if you didn't
1: have a time to fix it, people would look at it and be like, "This guy's an idiot." But yep. He got he got everything wrong after most things wrong after this. It's just well, you know it'd be hilarious if he did very well on the test.
0: Right, got <laughs> got them all right. That would be hilarious than if you actually
1: just uh, filled everything out properly, or if you just go uh, circle C <laughs> the
0: whole way down just to That's get what it they done say. really quick.
1: That's what they say. Yeah, uh, I think that um, that uh, the standardized testing company is in bed with Big Pencil. Mm, what interesting the hell is up with the specific number two need pencil, for the number two. Yeah. my man yeah big big test and big big pencil aka ticonderoga are definitely in bed together what Be is careful, wrong jared they're gonna come after us after this episode <laughs> we're gonna get a, some legal cease and desist. you gotta take that podcast down <laughs> you for, for, it, for whatever you call it when you talk shit about a company or cease a and desist No, but there's specifically for, like, talking shit about someone, there's a word for that. Oh, defamation. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Um, uh, So, we're definitely, but, like, I don't, what's wrong with the mechanical pencil? Why is it specifically that we need one of those old school wooden pencils to properly fill it out so like, you can so you can have that that feeling of
0: trauma and anxiety when you take your <laughs> test, Jared.
1: I would see someone using a mechanical pencil and be like, "This person's throwing away their damn future because <laughs> That's of the right. all the pencil, all down the toilet." <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: I will say though, Jared. Jokes aside, you do bring up a really important point though—that mm. the majority of these standardized tests are actually run yeah. by private companies, for-profit companies. And I am a firm believer that there are a few fields where we should not really have for profit companies. And one of those fields is education. The other field is medicine. Now, Mm. some people might call me a crazy socialist or a commie or whatever because of that. What do you Um, know? But, you know, I mean, if you look at Europe. (laughs) Right. Just (laughs) exactly. Just listen to your post Malone, drink your white claws in your van, and enjoy your white boy summer. Um, But yeah, so so anyways, you know, I do think, though, that the fact that... And the funny thing is, Jared, is when I was in grad school, and this was when I always used to be a little bit skeptical of these standardized Mm. tests, right? But we took a look at some old versions of standardized tests for children. Um, Now, granted, these were um, ESL standardized tests for kids to, like, kind of test. Like, if you immigrate to the U.S. as a child, it kind of just tests where you are. And I tell you what, Jared... Some of these questions, the way they were worded, we had a, a class of, you know, eight or nine native speakers of English and then five or six non native speakers, but I mean, their English was flawless. And mm-hmm. we read these questions over and over again, and we couldn't figure out even what the damn question was trying to ask. So if you have ad- adults who, who are graduate students in an English program <laughs> and they can't figure out the meaning of some of these questions, how do you expect a six year old with limited to maybe no, you know, English experience, really, let alone test taking experience? Um, and it's, it's really problematic, too, because then it uh, leads us to the question of what are we really assessing here? What Mm -hmm. are we really trying to measure? And when you have questions that aren't clear, that aren't accurate, um, you won't be able to, in my opinion, you won't really be able to say, yes, this student um, displayed that they can or cannot do X, Y, or Z. Um, And the other thing is, too, with a lot of these standardized tests being multiple choice, I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. You know, How do we know if they knew that or if they just guessed? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the other fascinating thing. I think the SAT is the one i didn't take that when i took the act because that's all we needed if we were going to study in michigan I mean I knew I wasn't going to go out of state cuz it was way too damn expensive. Um, not that Albion was cheap either cuz it certainly wasn't, but um <laughs> about to say like you went to a private uh,
1: liberal right. arts school. But I at know. least I got a pretty no, decent you scholarship. It, Chad, and stuff. You were you were afraid to leave your parents. It's okay.
0: That's right. Terrified, Jared. Absolutely I kind of was terrified. too.
1: I think that's part of the reason why I stayed in Michigan.
0: But um but yeah, so anyways though, it's it's just so problematic, you know, these for-profit yeah. institutions, also the way we test Well, I mean, there there
1: are a lot of biases to these tests. Now, obviously, I'll tell you why it's racist in a bit. Mm -hmm. But even just the the um, like the financial aspect of it, you know, like I remember um, when I was a kid, I took like a I took a pre SAT. Which is a literally just a standardized SAT test that prepares you so for the real one. Yep. S- yeah, that's what a PSAT stands for. I could have just said that. It stands for practice SAT. And it's essentially just a, a small, like a sort of a shorter version of the SAT that you can take beforehand. And then they'll grade you on that and tell you how you, how you did. Obviously, you have to pay for it. It's a company. Then there's also um, my school, my private school. And I say that not to brag by any means, but just to highlight the fact Humble that. Humble brag. Just to highlight the fact that, uh, I'm certainly, trust me, if you if you guys knew anything about my high school, I'm certainly not bragging about going to that school. Um,
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm sure that'll make your parents happy to hear after spending all that money there.
1: <laughs> Listen, they, they knew what they were getting into by taking, I'm not saying the education itself was the problem, but there's mm-hmm. problems with sending someone to an all boys Catholic school, let's be honest. Um, but one of, the, uh, one of the things that that school offered that I guess wasn't a problem, is uh class like pre like what do you call them the sat prep SAT just prep, prep, classes. prep that's classes that's what classes. they call yep. them and you go to school like like freaking i'm trying to square <laughs> less you go to school <laughs> at like, like six, a. Uh, on 6, a 6 Saturday. in the morning yeah, yeah and listen to, to some teacher that you don't like uh we're just want, some vocab rando we just had and, a
0: rando teach us
1: uh, yeah, that too, that too. I mean, my school was kind of small, so you know, you know, most of the teachers. And then, um, and then in addition to that, you'd have to buy that like uh, that SAT prep like textbook thing. You know, mm-hmm. that like sort of thick uh like soft soft textbook kind of thing i probably thing. have mine laying around somewhere
0: around here you
1: know what if we were still if i was still in louisiana i could probably be like hold on and go grab it <laughs> <laughs> right because our, our, the bookshelf our, we have a giant bookshelf right next to where i was recording so i probably i probably have it too or at least my sister does you know like the we, we certainly have at least the uh like the gre ones because I, I know my sister took that more recently but yeah there's just there's just um like just th- just a lot of ways that really sort of separate and, and and favor those with more money or just those that are generally in privileged positions one of them mm-hmm. being you know all these different prep classes you can take that cost a good amount of money i mean you know right. a couple hundred bucks it's not none of this is cheap um, and so just that in general. and then you know the fact that you have to pay to take the chest to begin with, right. And it's I'm not gonna say that I don't remember what the price is, so I can't say whether it's like prohibitive or not, but it's a, a
0: price in general is, Prohibitive to a certain. I would extent. say. I would say it's definitely prohibitive. Um, I remember yeah. one of our guests that was on the pod a while back when I was still in the Czech Republic. Uh, Ravi, it cost
1: Fifty bucks actually. I have it here right in front of me.
0: Oh, nice. Ravi actually used to be a test prep tutor because I know. I know Ravi is incredibly intelligent, and he and I'm. I'm sure he. Based on our conversations, and I think he even mentioned it, I think he scored, you know, super high on on a lot of those tests. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a good standardized test taker, just the way we've, like, talked, and it seems like, you know, the way he thinks. Um, but anyways, it was interesting that he said he made a killing being a tutor and tutoring a lot of these wealthier families in New York. Yeah, it's um, a bunch of
1: rich kids.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I agree mm-hmm. 100%. Now, I will say this, though. Um I mean, yes, if you're wealthy, you are certainly at a huge advantage, um, without a doubt. I will say this, though. A lot of public libraries do have tons and tons of prep books that you can check out for free. it's um, so if- true. If, if you're struggling financially, there are still some ways. I'm not saying it's as good, but, you know, there are some ways. And, I mean, most public libraries do have a lot of those materials that you can check out and take a look at. But of but money f- is an issue, for
1: sure. I don't fully remember whether this is true or not, but I, I really wonder it, how much those prep classes helped. Because right? really, it feels like it's. it does feel like... Well, they train you how to take the test. At least that's how mine was. Right. So they're not even really training you on... I feel like I remember just learning a bunch of vocab,
0: you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, see, the thing is, though, too, Jared, is due to the fact that they have to kind of train you how to take the test, it already goes to show you that the tests aren't that accessible if you Mm -hmm. need to be kind of trained on knowing um, the kind of strategies and tricks and tips to kind of, uh, you know, um, get, you know, a decent score on these tests. Well, that's the thing. That's why I'm so confused
1: about the – about like the the prep classes as far as actually preparing you for the not not like strategically for the test but uh, you know uh, intellectually for the test where it's like you're none of the questions you get prepped with you're gonna see or you or what you'll see one like that's gonna make a difference like I just don't understand right. how what am I learning that's going to to prepare me for like the like I told
0: you you're learning how to take the right. test so, and, you're, so and you're practicing taking it, Usually, I know we had time practice tests, so you're also practicing taking a test with that so you're uh, also, time
1: constraint. They're also trying to teach you like the idea of time management. It's yes. like this is how long you'll have, so re- realize what that is and realize how far you went here and adjust mm-hmm. properly. But it's not exactly. like it's not like. But notice, you know, you're, you clearly you have some deficits in in algebra, so mm-hmm. brush brush up on your algebra. There's none of that right there's there's no like oh, it looks like you 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 need to learn your your chemical symbols a little better like it's it's <laughs> that's not what they're right. telling you right and so it's it, it's it, yeah it's it's. It is just. I mean, I don't want. I don't want to say a scam. I'm going to say a scam because it's like this is how you take yeah. the test. This is. This is not. It's not. This is what you need to have the intelligence to take the test. This is the tricks you need to be able to maneuver this test right. effectively.
0: Well, and as you mentioned, I mean, it also does act, unfortunately, as another hoop to jump through and a potential financial roadblock for some people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I mean, 50 to 100 bucks for some people, that that could be a decision whether or not they can put gas in their car for the week or get groceries for the week or, or you know, sure. whatever. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really crazy. And and I think the fact that so many colleges do put, um, I, I couldn't tell you exactly how much emphasis they put on the scores, um, but I hope we start to see, I've seen some universities now start to do away with that. Um, where they don't have the GRE, for example, as a requirement to get into graduate school. Because for the most part, the skills you're going to learn in graduate school, I don't really know. I mean, the GRE basically says, uh, from my understanding of it is, do you have basic enough skills that you wouldn't flunk out of college or fl- not college, but flunk out of graduate school? Basically, um, do you have a decent enough vocabulary where you could read research articles hmm. and potentially be able to uh, make heads or tails of them? Um, I will say I scored a little bit higher on the math uh, for the GRE than I thought I would. Um, it was still it was still below average, but it was higher than I expected for myself. So is the GRE is that just pass fail? Um, no, you get you get a score. Um, I don't remember what my score is now. Um, what but is it get, out of? Uh, I don't remember either. Okay. It's um, it's uh, it's in the in the hundreds, I believe. You um, know what score makes no sense to me? You probably what? know what. E- ACT the SAT,
1: SAT? Uh, ACT makes sense because it's just what zero to thirty six or whatever. Yep. yep. SAT makes no sense to me, and, and it's changed over time, and so like I I feel like, and I can say this now because well maybe I can't, and I'm I'm honestly scared. I,
0: I feel like. Well, you already got Ticonderoga coming after us, Jared. So you might as well just spill the (laughs) beans. Now I'm trying to remember what my score
1: was because um, oh, on your SAT, yeah. Because I feel like I what I said was my was my score to my teacher Mm -hmm. or not to my teacher to like the admissions person of like Mm -hmm. the business program. I feel like what I said was my score was a good score if you if you use the old scoring process, but the score number had increased. I think I don't know. I really don't. I really don't know what my score was, but it, but it, but I I don't understand what it means. You know, like I don't right. I don't even understand what the score means. So it's like uh, how, how do I know? So okay, so the the maximum score is sixteen hundred. That's what I thought, but I thought they raised it, but I guess not. So I couldn't you, tell you according to twenty nineteen. I mean, this is as of twenty nineteen, so I guess they haven't. I thought they raised it. I don't know. See, I don't even know the scoring. It makes no sense to me. Um, they also say uh, that the standardized testing is racist. Uh, racially biased i should say Mm -hmm. now some of that has to do with the um the the financial aspect and and the the uh what do you call it the ability to the accessibility of it but then also some of it has to do with the and this is maybe more socioeconomic but i think it does come down to racially biased too is is just the some of the questions they say yep. and that some of the questions and I, w- I was trying so hard and i'm serious so hard to find examples of these questions and i found like one or two i can give you one the, the one i found can i give you mine first so sure. i don't forget it the one i sure. found because i don't have it written down was you know it, it was where they do like the like the here are two words mm. and now here are four examples of two words what two words best fit like our best Fit. Oh, those are so difficult. The uh, and so the example were was runner and marathon, mm-hmm. and then there were a whole bunch of options, and I don't remember all the options. But the answer was oarsman and regatta. So you Tiles know, like a regatta. Ors- I know what an, an oarsman, oarsman is. is the person that is doing in, a regatta is like a race for for a boat race. I
0: see. Okay, but
1: like the only reason I know what a regatta is is because I went to a private school that had a rowing team that ha- that went to regattas. I learned. See, what a- I would have got that <laughs> question wrong. <laughs> but it's just, but but it's, uh, but they do say that these questions, like I- I- in like questions like this, they are specifically sort of focused at your quote unquote average American. But right. you're but it's like this sort of like you know white
0: suburban. There's a.
1: Mm-hmm what was the one you you uh you knew you could think of
0: yeah so and and this isn't for me this is actually shout out to my old high school history teacher we had to talk about bias in standardized testing in high school actually in my social studies wow. class look at so that. Sh- so shout out to Mr. Koenig. um he he's a he's a great guy i've seen him shout actually out Mr. A Koenig. Bit around town um but anyways um what he said was um and he grew up um I don't remember if he grew up in Taylor, Michigan or where he grew up, but he grew up somewhere where, you know, there was a, a pretty decent black population. And he mm-hmm. said that one one test uh, question that, that he remembers from high school back in the day was, um, uh, it was an example about uh, Thanksgiving food. Tune in. We had a Thanksgiving mm. episode a while back. <laughs> um, but all the Thanksgiving food examples, Jared, were like, you know, more white people types of yeah. food they were giving. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you grew up in a black family, you might just not be familiar with, um, I forget the exact food. It might have been like peach cobbler or something. I don't remember what the food was, but it was like a food where, um, you know, there, it was oh, maybe it was uh, sweet potato pie or what do you guys like? Uh,
1: pumpkin pie. Thank you. Maybe yeah, oh, it was yeah. pumpkin pie. That's a big that's I think a that, big that might have been it. That pumpkin might have been it. Pumpkin pie is certainly white community and sweet potato pie is the black community.
0: Right. So, so yeah, so it was interesting when he mentioned that, just because uh, I had never really thought about it before. So he was challenging right. my, you know, sixteen-year-old sophomore brain into thinking about how, um, and it's something that seems so simple, where it's like, well,
1: it's not like it's not that these black people don't understand Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's right? <just> like, <laughs> well, it's like,
0: well, let's take we don't eat that at Thanksgiving. Let's let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit further, Jared. So now, if we want to talk about not understanding the test language. Uh, as a language teacher, I also can't, uh, I can't not mention, or I can't avoid not mentioning. Uh, sorry for mention. the de- double negatives <laughs> here. Um, think about students where English isn't their first language. or yeah. Or students must who... Must be a nightmare. Uh, yeah. Or, and the funny thing is, too, is a lot of these tests... You could have certain sections. I think you could probably translate them, but because these are run by private companies, they might not want to pay somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and these tests just aren't always fully accessible. So, um, and and you know, if you are administering these standardized tests to an English language learner, um, and depending on their proficiency of English, if they don't have a great command of the language just yet. They're not going to do well on the test, most likely, unless they just randomly circle the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what that means, though, is that these these poor children get terrible test scores, which can hurt. Um, just it it can hurt um, kind of their confidence as a student. It can you know just make them feel like they're not smart, they're not a good test taker, what have you. Um, and you're already kind of putting these students in a negative position, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but but
1: I, you know, the the people that use this test as a as a decider would be like, well, this person's not prepared, you know, because they can't, you know. But but you know, right? That, I, it's so, like, well,
0: to some degree, I mean, yes, you do need to have a certain level. I'm of... I'm not saying I agree with that, by the way. Right. I'm
1: just saying that that's what they would say.
0: Right. Well, and I I will say that to some extent, I mean, your English needs to be good enough so you can actually I mean, so you can actually take classes and participate and actually learn, you know. Mm-hmm. However, um yeah, but but I don't see these companies really trying to bridge the gap. And based on at least what we had discussed quite a bit where I was in grad school a few years back, it seemed like there were still a lot of issues and problems with that. Here's another big problem with standardized testing as well, Jared, is that Um, these types of tests are not, um, they don't really, they're not great in terms of if, if you're a student who's very creative, you know, that's how some people, that's how some people really thrive when it comes to, um, their intellect, you know, they're very creative. They can, maybe they can draw something or they can create an amazing story or they can write music or write a play or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. so so then the question is well how do we assess these types of students?
1: What you, is intelligence really, you know? Yeah. We that's we a good are question. we are letting we are letting these people tell us what it means to be intelligent and it, and 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 it has no representation to the real world, you know.
0: Mhm. So, Another big issue with standardized testing as well is that it um it paints such a broad brush that I don't think we're really you like if if someone were to show me their test scores, I don't really know if like if I were to admit them to like a college or a university, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that would really um, give me a good picture of what this person is like as a student. You know, I would rather actually see some writing samples. I would like to see obviously recommendation letters. I think make a little bit more sense. What um, about just
1: straight up grades?
0: Also, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, I was going to get that's there as better-
1: well. Do you think that's better than standardized tests?
0: Well, that's also tricky. Grades can be tricky because, uh, for example, I had a classmate of mine um, who didn't apply himself in school. He was one of those types of people where he was just so damn smart mm, he was that bored. he was just bored. Mm-hmm. So he didn't care. So it was so funny. I remember um, he was uh, him and I were both put in the quote-unquote uh, slow math class, right, in in seventh and eighth grade, and Mm -hmm. I remember sitting by him, and I remember struggling trying to understand these concepts and and get decent grades. He would sleep through class, take the test, get like a 90 to a 95 on the test. I hate those people. And then that was it. (laughs) So, So I think you, I think, look at it, I look at it this way. You could use a standardized test score as one of many pieces to put together a portfolio for applying somewhere. However, mm-hmm. how much you decide to give that standardized test score a value um is is the big question here because, you know, I once again, I had a classmate uh, who, did i think he got a 34 on the act and a 36 is the highest jesus he could have gone almost anywhere but because his gpa was like a 2.0 there were a lot of places that weren't willing to take him and Mm -hmm. you know i um and i had a pretty decent gpa in high school but i didn't have the highest uh, standardized test scores so you know i was able to get in and get a scholarship at albion um because of i think my my gpa um you know, if it was certainly based on test scores, your boy probably would have been going to community college the first two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I was kind of in the same boat as you. My My uh, standardized test scores were, were pretty uh, um, uninspiring, but I had a pretty good GPA.
0: Right. You know what the biggest issue that I see, though, Jared, with standardized tests and with grades is that it – it totally changes the way uh, we teach and the way students learn. So, for example, if if we could wake up tomorrow, and there were no more grades and no more standardized testing, I understand this is an extremely radical viewpoint here, um, but let me just use this as as an example. So we wake up we wake up tomorrow. No more standardized tests. No more grades. Um, I think students would, and this is obviously a very idealistic view here, but I think a lot of students would actually put more emphasis and have a better understanding of why they're learning what they're learning instead of just learning to pass a test or get a specific grade. Um, Mm. And I heard this with so many faculty I met with this last semester at my job. You know, I heard a lot of faculty complaining about all the students really care about is their grades. You know, and the whole point, especially of college, is to learn the necessary skills so when you graduate, you can be a productive member in whatever field or workforce you enter. And so when your focus is purely on your grades and getting certain grades, after you graduate, you know, say, let's take engineering, for example, right? Say say you cheat on all your engineering exams so you can get your 4.0. You graduate, you get hired by this really solid, uh, let's say Tesla hires you, um, you're making the big bucks, you move out to Texas, um, and then they realize, oh, you you do not actually have the necessary practical knowledge um, to actually apply what you learned in graduate school or 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 your bachelor's, Um, And you're not going to be a good fit for this job. So I think we're actually doing students kind of a disservice because Mm -hmm. when you're so focused on grades and tests, you're not really focused on what are the skills that I'm actually learning. Um, And that's what what I really started to realize, Jared, during, especially during this current job of mine, is how much in grad school really helped me. And I didn't realize it because I was also so damn focused on my grades. Sure. I mean, you don't know any better. Right, that's that's the end all be all is the grades, right? Which is which is really, I think we do students a giant disservice. I always wonder too, how many how many other Picassos or Mozarts or um, Nikolai Teslas or uh, you know these great minds are, are out there in these children, and then the way our education system is. We just beat the creativity out of them. We indoctrinate the shit out of them. And then they end up, you know, being a shell of what they once were. You know, there was a, I think the quote from Picasso was something like, um, every, every child is an artist. The challenge is uh, keeping that artist creativity, mentality, whatever, until as you age as an adult, mm-hmm. you know? And I think must, schools do a good job of, of beating that out of us.
1: We must think of the children. I agree. What about the children?
0: Exactly. Well, and the thing with the children as well, Jared, is the standardized tests uh, are incredibly stressful, Um, incredibly anxiety-inducing, I would say. Yeah, dude, for sure. And the other negative thing about standardized tests with public schools in the U.S., um, maybe some of our listeners abroad don't know this, but in the US, a lot of funding is based on standardized test scores. So, once again, we're coming kind of full circle here because the teachers then begin teaching more content about the test so the students can do well so they can keep their jobs. So, right. it's kind of this never ending cycle of, you know. Um, and these standardized tests, as we've mentioned, they are written by for-profit corporations, private businesses, and a lot of times these and tests the pencil are not industry. always. Don't forget
1: the pencil industry. That's <laughs> true too. That's true too.
0: A lot <laughs> of these pencil. tests, though, they weren't. It's not like these tests are written by people who were teachers or who are in education. Um, I'm pretty sure almost anybody with an English degree. Now, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure almost anybody who gets a degree in English, um, you could definitely be a content test writer for Pearson, which is one of the big companies, because I've actually gotten job offers sent to me because of my TESOL degree um, to be like, a, uh, basically, you're called an item writer. So you just write test questions. Um, But the funny thing is, Jared, if you think about it, how can I know what types of test questions to write for an ESL test when English is my native language? I mean, I could certainly do it. But the problem is, is I think when you have certain people write test questions, um, you know, are these really the best people to be writing these? Yeah, probably not. Probably right. not. Right. Right. Um, what else here? I did want to mention though some strategies or some solutions outside of standardized testing. So let me let me mention a couple of those. So so number one, Jared, there is this um, this really popular. Um, Way of assessing students now in in foreign languages called can-do statements, and they're exactly kind of like what they sound uh, sound like. So students will actually um, basically kind of grade themselves. So for example, if you were in my German class, Jared, um, say you're in my German 101 class, my beginning German class, um, you know, I would have maybe the first week of can-do statements would be like, I can. Um, introduce myself using simple present in German, right? So you could say, ich heiße Jared, ich bin um, 28 Jahre alt. You're 28, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, So you would like go and check off those can-do statements. And then with a can-do statement, you know, if you check those off, then the way I can make sure... Um, you know that you're grading yourself accurately is, is then we can do some activities where you would have to do that right so so we would do you might do a partner interview with a classmate and you would introduce yourself and I would walk around the class and just monitor and make sure. Um, so I mean, that sounds what,
1: great, but that sounds like way more work than just handing out a standardized test.
0: Well, but I think that could be another. That's a great point, Jared. I think that's another reason why we still see so many tests. Um, and I'll tell you what I almost didn't take my um, I almost didn't sign my teaching contract this semester, um, because they f- they basically forced me to give my students um an a oral midterm exam, um, and um, in my opinion, I think my students could show their their um, speaking skills in other ways than just like a one-on-one interview with me. Um, I would have rather had them do some type of project or presentation, but you know that's that's. Not traditional enough for uh, for my colleagues in China to appreciate. So, mm-hmm. so unfortunately, I have to do some of no these. No one tests. cares
1: about your new age techniques, Chad. Exactly. Just give them a test. <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but can do statements are a really big one, especially in language learning right now. Then there's also this. Um, the other thing that I really like is uh, it's called gamification, and gamification is basically where you tu- you turn your class, and especially with Uh, Online classes, I think it lends itself well to this. Uh, I mean, we are still in a pandemic, people. I know it's hard to believe, and I know people are slowly getting their vaccines, which is great. Um, But we're still we're still in this pandemic, and so. But gamification, Jared, basically means instead of like giving each each student the same assignment, what you do is you give your students different options of assignments. And then they kind of collect points, or if you're a gamer, it would be called XP, right? Experience points, basically, um, as they go throughout the semester, which I think that's a super cool way to... I could get down with that. Yeah. To grade your students. They give... You put your students a bit more in the driver's seat of their own education because they can pick and choose which activities they do and they don't do. Um, Now, the difficulty I can tell you on the teacher side for that is just making sure you have enough activities that, that... students are still demonstrating the correct skills they need to demonstrate. So, for example, if one of the skills you wanted your students to demonstrate is maybe um, like um, distilling a lot of important information and presenting it in a very clear fashion, what you could do is you could offer them, uh, if you have students who want to write a paper, they could write a paper. Your students could record a podcast. Your students could make a commercial or a video. Your students could uh let's see i'm trying to think of some other ideas a podcast videos a paper um i mean the the sky is kind of a limit yeah you but but see i love this idea of you know gamification of your class um that's super cool the other idea here is um also um from uh an academic named jesse stommel and it's called ungrading um and basically ungrading is um, kind of like what it sounds. So uh, let me just kind of read this. So across education, this is from uh, Jesse Stommel's website, How to Ungrade. So here we go, Jared. Across education, we've normalized absurd levels of grading, test taking, and standardized assessment. I would agree with that. And yet letter grades are actually a relatively recent phenomenon. They uh, They weren't widely used until the 1940s. In teaching more by grading less, Jeffrey Shinsky and Kimberly Tanner cite the first official record of a grading system from Yale in 1785. The A through F system appears to have emerged in 1898 with the E not disappearing until the 1930s. The 100-point or percentage scale became common in the early 1900s. According to Shinsky and Tanner, even by 1971, only 67% of primary and secondary schools in the U.S. were actually using letter grades. The desire for uniformity across institutions was the primary motivator for the spread of these systems, which on the one hand, I do understand, because if you want to be able to compare your students with other students and students across the nation, you can use these kind of more uniform grading scales. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's really difficult because, you know, when we talk about all these standardized testing, is it fair? Is it efficient? Does it really measure what it says it's going to measure? Um, and these are all questions that, you know, it's, it's really hard to say. It's really hard to say.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For so, sure. Uh,
0: so let me just end here with a couple last kind of things on ungrading. So here are a couple good questions um, to anybody um, out there uh, who's just curious about this, especially if you're a teacher. So question number one would be, why do we grade? How does it feel to be graded, and what do we want grading to do or not to do in our classes for students and for teachers? Also, what do letter grades mean? Um, so I remember talking to a colleague of mine, and back in the day, uh, they they work in STEM fields, and they said back in the day, you were happy when you got a C in your STEM classes because C was kind of C was the average. Nowadays, like our generation. See, you know, we do have the we do have the phrase saying C's get degrees. However, I've never I don't, heard that before. <laughs> you've never heard that before. Really? Okay. No, uh, you're learning all sorts of new stuff today, Jared. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. But but see, that's my point, though, Jared, is that our generation, I think we are so grade focused, grade motivated that like C's are almost like a D or an E or an F now for a lot of people. And a C is a totally acceptable grade yeah
1: yeah no i mean i certainly i mean if if i certainly lived in a house where if i got uh, like a C's, kind of the lowest uh i could go without there being any serious problems you know
0: right same here
1: that, that was certainly the lowest uh before we had a we had a long conversations yeah exactly. that's true but it's like but this is but no one wants to be average bro nobody likes that that's that's, that's yeah aver- but the sad average truth people is a lot succeed. of the
0: majority of us are average that's the sad truth of
1: the of the matter yeah, but you can't just accept that you can't just be like yeah you're right i'm average so let me just take this c you know you have to fight for for to to move out of that average spot i would
0: say i like that i like that jared so um so yeah so a few more questions that are related to ungrading so as i mentioned so what do these letter grades mean do they have any intrinsic meaning, or is their value purely extrinsic? Uh, does uh, assessment mean differently when it is formative rather than summative? And basically, Jared, I'm sorry for all the academic mumbo jumbo and jargon right now, but let me try to, um, you know, put this more into um, common language here, um, formative assessment, Jared, refers to very regular kind of low stakes grades. So so doing like a, like a short pop quiz, doing a little, like you could even do a quick discussion. You could do, um, you know, just answer a few basic questions where a summative assessment, this would be like a big final exam or a big midterm. And those obviously generally have more anxiety associated with them. They're generally like way higher stakes, right? So you're taking this test that might, like my students in China, they take what they call the Gaokao, which is the entrance exam, and that basically will make or break your future. Like if you mm-hmm. fuck up on that test, like good good luck. Sorry, I I think I just used our one uh, or two second F bomb okay. today. Um, it was worth it though. Um, also though, Jared, the bigger question we've been talking about testing and everything. But we have to also mention that this falls under the umbrella of education, right? And the whole point of education is to learn at the end of the day. It's not to, well, I guess depends on your life goals, I guess. But for me, as someone who I consider myself a lifelong learner, that's the goal. Um, Gain more skills, gain more knowledge. And so the question then becomes, how does feedback, which I think is much more valuable than giving a grade, how does feedback actually relate to grades? And to what extent should teachers be readers of student work as opposed to evaluators. so you know a lot of these standardized tests, Jared. There's no feedback. You fill in all these bubbles for hours. You get your score, and that's it. Um, yeah, you know, and I, so that's just terrible.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone um, considers standardized testing like learning, though. No, no one is looking at it that way ever.
0: Right. Well, no, definitely not. If you if you did, you were, were a doing fool.
1: this to to make sure everyone's you know learn. You know, and no, it's just to. Get people into college or or grad school or whatever. I
0: like the way you put it, though, Jared. It's a scam. I think at the end of the day, a lot of these, it's it's a scam. Yeah, for sure. And the shame is some countries are so, um, they're just so, there's so many stakeholders now with these big standardized tests, I can't ever see a way that they'll be able to get out of it. Um, no, and I mean, you know, the standardized test companies, because they're companies,
1: they're gonna do everything in their power to keep making money. So it's not like oh, they're for gonna sure. be like, you're right, there's some bias. We'll take this back and go to, to the drawing board. Right. Not, there's no benefit right. to that. Just
0: like how Ticonderoga is not gonna be like, you know what, it is bad that we're chopping down all these trees. We should I mean, we should be using <laughs> <laughs> They almost, make a great pencil, I'm not gonna they lie. They do. They do. All right, Jared, let me leave us uh, today with this episode with this final question here. You have to stop what saying would... that.
1: You say one last thing, final thing, so many times. You, you, you said one last
0: thing like three Anyways, times. Anyways, last <laughs> question. Last question. And I want all of our listeners to think about this. Um, what would actually happen and what would education look like if we didn't grade or if there wasn't as much emphasis on grading? What would be the benefits? What? Um, how would this change... Um, issues for students, whether this be financially, mentally, physically, um, and how would uh, colleges, universities, and other institutions be forced to rethink how they assess and evaluate their students? So those are the questions I will leave us with today, because I think there's some good questions to think about. I couldn't tell you the answer, but I do think it's definitely worth considering and thinking about. So, um, so yeah, but at the end of the day, Jared, I think we would both agree standardized tests are kind of a scam and a shill. Um, and uh, it'd be nice if we didn't always put so much emphasis on them. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Great. Well, let us know what your thoughts are on standardized tests at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. You can slide into those DMs on Twitter, untranslatable1, the number one. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube, Podcast, And please, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and let us know how we can make this podcast better for you. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, diakujeme, muchas gracias, shisha, and dosvidania. Speaking of grading, I have a little bit of grading to do for my classes this weekend. Oh, you um, have a lot of grading
1: to do? I didn't know you gave out, like, uh, assignments like that.
0: Well, so the assignments I do, they're like a its a weekly packet. So it's, it's technically four activities per week, two are discussion activities, one's an idiom activity, and one's a vocabulary activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- this first round of... Uh, packets we're just going to give them like a credit no credit so if you did it you get full credit um then the next time though we will be looking more closely when i say we it's my teaching assistants and i uh we will be looking more closely at um like making sure they're they're you know using the correct language um also checking to make sure they're actually using the appropriate vocabulary words in their discussions and everything um but yeah, so not, not I will tell you this Jared grading is probably my least favorite thing about teaching.
1: Yeah, I can imagine it seems like it would be pretty monotonous
0: just kind of busy work. I w- yeah. if I could Jared, if I could just give credit no credit on everything and then just be able <laughs> to spend more time on giving my students actually good feedback mm. um, I think that would be so much more worthwhile spoken like a true lazy person) no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>